Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I'm Brad. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. Hope you're having a good day. Someone at work brought in some homemade cold brew last week, and they said they used Pete's Barati Blend. That's B-A-R-I-D-I. And it's a whole bean coffee, which is uh, specifically designed for cold brews. I've, uh, I've seen some cold brew kits before by different brands, but this is the first time that I've seen a whole bean that advertises itself specially for cold brew coffee. And it's made with a blend of East African beans. And it's intended to be brewed at the double strength of normal coffee. And I'm, I'm not sure why this blend is specifically for cold brew, but it did taste better than any of my home cold brew attempts. I, uh, I typically use Chameleon as the benchmark for cold brew coffees, and it's close to being that good, which is high praise coming from me. Probably the best compliment I can give a coffee. Uh, I think Chameleon is the perfect cold brew, but uh, this method is cheaper. You know, you get a whole bag for like 12 beans and you could easily brew probably twice that amount um, that you get in a bottle of Chameleon. And then you also get that satisfaction of doing it yourself, which is always nice. I remember my first few attempts uh, when I thought I was making cold brew and I just poured hot coffee over ice. Uh, now I know that's borderline criminal. <laughs> so making cold brew is not hard, but it is a little bit more involved than that. Um, and if you are into DIY cold brews, give this Barati a shot. It's, it's some really good stuff. It's from Pete's. So I got some feedback from last week's episode, uh, the Are You an Empath episode. My friend Lacey wrote me and talked about how hard it is for empaths to draw boundaries with people. And this is something that did not occur to me, probably because I'm not an empath. But when she brought it up, it actually made perfect sense, you know, since they have such a deep connection with people. Uh, they have a really hard time saying no when someone needs their help. And I think for an empath, it's more than, it's more important than it is for other people to set healthy boundaries. And to an empath, the word boundaries might actually sound really harsh, but I think it's so important for them. Uh, it's about owning your own space. And I know empaths are usually textbook people pleasers, um, but that is a draining process. It's like uh, the speech we get before the flight takes off about, you know, in case of an emergency, put your oxygen mask on first before trying to help other, other people. You got to take care of yourself. You know, you can't pour from an empty cup. You know what I mean? Uh, empathy is a superpower, but if you're an empath, you, you are still human and you have to take care of yourself. 
And beyond that, I think trusting yourself to know when to pull back or to say no is very important. Because you have to protect that power that you have. And I'm not saying one should avoid helping people, but for an empath, it's very challenging to do this in a way that doesn't feel like they're going against their nature. But this is why it's so important to strike that balance. Uh, the boundaries aren't about keeping people away. It's about making authentic connections with the people that you choose to let in. And it's about letting others know what your capacity is. Because consistently allowing people into your physical and energy space is just unhealthy. And I think being selective, or at least learning who to focus on, it just gives you more fulfillment in those relationships. One person that I am convinced was an empath was Mr. Rogers. I finally got around to watching the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And it's about the life and times of Fred Rogers. And as far as documentaries goes, this is one of the best. Uh, this was a show that I grew up with, so I thought I knew this man very well, but there were some big surprises for me. Um, for starters, Mr. Rogers was an ordained minister. I mean, I did not see that coming. Although the whole concept of loving your neighbor is part of that Christian ethos. I, I think he succeeded, though, where others, at least with me, uh, have failed. Because he didn't come off as a Christian. Uh, more accurately, I would say he was Christ-like, as they say. And what set him apart from other kids shows then and now is that he didn't talk down to kids. Even though he used puppets to communicate his message, he treated children like equals. And the documentary just dives deep into this complex man. Uh, he was an artist that was dealing with quite a bit of insecurities and he used these puppets to communicate, you know, how he felt. And according to his wife, uh, the puppet that was most accurately his persona was Daniel. And it's, it was interesting knowing that and hearing some of the dialogue that he would give Daniel. It was almost like a coping mechanism for Mr. Rogers. It was almost like uh, listening to his inner child. And... I never noticed this as a kid, but he would communicate very serious messages to help kids cope and understand when all kinds of things happen, like national tragedies. Um, there was an episode about assassination and, and what that word meant. This happened after Bobby Kennedy was killed. And then there was another time where this news story hit about a man pouring chemicals into a pool because the pool was allowing white people and black people into the same pool. And Mr. Rogers had an episode where he sat in a waiting pool 
with Mr. Clemens, who was a black man. And they just sat there chilling with their feet in the water. And I'll tell you this, after seeing this documentary, I'm, I'm now of the opinion that Mr. Rogers was kind of a badass. Uh, he would never say that about himself, but that's part of what makes him so badass. Uh, another part is, another part of his life that I knew nothing about was how much criticism that he got over telling kids they were special. I mean, you know, how dare he, right? <laughs> um, the criticism went something like this. Uh, the news reporters would say that he was basically feeding kids this false information and they were going to grow up thinking they were special and then they won't feel like they have to work for anything and they'll just be entitled. And this might sound completely ludicrous, but there was newspapers and TV shows, uh, TV programs, news programs on all the time that was saying this. And he also single-handedly saved PBS at one point. Uh, during the Nixon administration, they were looking to cut funding for it entirely. Um, PBS needed $20 million to continue, and it pretty much looked doomed. But then badass Mr. Rogers showed up. Uh, he went into Congress, and he broke down how important his message was to kids. You know, he... He talked and read some lyrics from one of his songs about how accepting children just as they are and how it's okay to express their emotions so that they can process them rather than just suppress and, and be miserable. And so after this speech, this you know guy that was just pretty much ready to cut the whole funding, uh, the committee chair, he just kind of looks at him and says, well... It looks like you're going to get your $20 million. <laughs> so, I don't know. This this was an emotionally touching documentary. Um, one of my favorite parts was during an interview with the man that played Mr. Clemens. There was a scene where Mr. Rogers was singing about loving you just the way you are. And afterwards, the actor asked Mr. Rogers, he says, you were singing that to me the person, not the character, weren't you? And Mr. Rogers, he said, I've been singing this to you for two years and you finally heard me. Now, just for context, this, this actor was an openly gay black man in the 60s. And Mr. Rogers was a Presbyterian minister telling him he loved him just the way he was. What made it really emotional was that the actor said it was the first time that a man had told him that he loved him. You know, not his father or any other authority figure. And from that point on, he looked at Mr. Rogers like a father figure. Yeah, I find it very interesting that this documentary came out a few years ago. And now, I believe... Was it last year where they're doing the biopic starring Tom Hanks? And Fred Rogers died back in 2003. So it's kind of interesting, this sudden, you know, uh, resurgence in Mr. Rogers, this sudden interest in him. 
I, I think it's just a sign of our times, you know, that we collectively need this message again. I'll link this documentary in the show notes, along with all the ways that you can contact and follow The Coffee Buzz. As always, you can find me at thecoffeebuzzpodcast.com, and I will talk to you next week.